This week on Erotic Awakening, Daphne writes, Patreon gets COVID and harems. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. We'd like to thank our latest Patreon supporters. Among other perks, Patreon supporters get free Kickstarter cards or a book, as well as audible excerpts from our book, Living MS, and Zoom discussions with the next one scheduled for August 30th. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. I like our music. I do, too. <laughs> uh, today on the podcast, uh, Daphne Matthews is going to be joining us with uh, talking about how to make consent sexy as well as writing sexy books that aren't uh, that are actually good. <laughs> and we'll talk about why that they're good um, <laughs> and some of the secrets towards that. Um, Don, did I tell you quite a while about a month, five, wow, six months ago, I got a uh, phone call from somebody who wanted to ask me some questions about they were going to write some erotica and they were going to include some BDSM themes in it. They had some questions for me. No, I don't remember you mentioning that. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. I don't remember you mentioning that. (laughs) Yeah, apparently um, this person and some people think that you don't actually have to experience anything in the BDSM realm, like actually attend a dungeon before you actually write about those things. Hmm. So uh, we're not doing that this time. Um, I know I I know of someone that writes about dungeons that swears they've never been in one, but I know for a fact they have. <laughs> uh, uh, I was going to say we met our uh, interview guest on the podcast tonight in a dungeon, so mm-hmm. they can't use that excuse. Uh, before we get into that, though, um, Dawn, you have a little bit of sunburn, which is amazing. You should not have any sunburn. I should not. You should have this beautiful golden tan that I have. But look, it's actually pink. it's a brown tan. I didn't spray it on. It's a, it's an actual tan. <laughs> well, look how pink and red I am on top of my tan. Yes. I was standing in the sun today and my arms were burning. I didn't like them being in the sun. So, because it was on top of the sunburn. That, that just should not be possible. But there it is. Over the weekend, you and I did the Adventures in Sexuality. Uh, the bike ride. Motorcycle ride. Yep. Yes. 21 kinky motorcycle riders with, what, some more? Seven passengers. So, yeah, so there was 28 of us total, which is right. the biggest, which is great because it was the 10th annual one. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and it was uh, it was just a really neat experience. We haven't done a big bike ride like that before. Uh-uh. Uh, that was pretty neat. You were trying to come up with a cool name for the motorcycle gang of fetish people <laughs> that we were. <laughs> I was. So what was it? The, the Kinky Kingsters, how original, the Kingster crew, again, how original. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I couldn't come up with something. Either way, it was a great time. Uh, it is one of those kind of, I wouldn't say, it is something that allows you to do the social distancing and mm-hmm. and still be around people and still join them in a group activity. So that's kind of Right. Cool. So, I mean, as we stopped for gas and stuff, everybody masked up and we were all wearing our mask for the group picture that we took. So, right. you know, it's, it's like, okay, everybody get together for a picture. If you don't want to be in it, oh, never mind. We're all in mask. Yeah. So who the hell cares? Everybody smile. Right. Maybe. Uh, maybe. So, um, but yeah, that was fun. So it was kind of neat because we meandered down into Hocking Hills and as we came down a hill, and the because you and I rode anus, right? Mm-hmm. So our, our two bikes were the, the last two on the line, so we could keep an eye on the stragglers. 
But um, as we're going down a hill and back up the hill, you could see the beginning of the line. You could see Barak and Sheba leading mm-hmm. the pack. And that was just so cool. 28 people. So who did we talk to? Oh, we saw. And then you and I rode on Sunday. Yeah. So I think it was the combination of the six hours on Saturday and then the two hours, three, two, two and a half hours on Sunday. And then we came across a lone couple at a Wendy's Mm -hmm. that were outside eating because Wendy's was closed to the lobby. And um, they're like, oh, yeah, we just stayed at Buckeye Lake for, you know, the weekend. And we're like, oh, we were down in Hocking Hills yesterday with this huge group. And they're like, we think we saw you. (laughs) So that was kind of cool, too. It was kind of cool. The interesting bit... um to do those rides like that, it's it's kind of it's unfortunate that we didn't get to stop at the end and hit a have a bonfire or something or you know and talk to people some, but overall, really interesting experience. Um, and apparently, kinky people do more than just spank each other. Oh, they do motorcycle rides. Well, well, we like our leather, right? We all got to wear our leather exactly. on our bikes. That was nice, and we had some new people, people that we had never met before. So, yeah, it would have been nice to hang out with them too, and hang out with people that we just haven't seen in six months. So, yeah. So, Dawn, as I alluded to earlier in the podcast, um, a variety of people write a variety of things. Fortunately for us tonight on the podcast, uh, Daphne Matthews has joined us. Uh, she has a, a variety of books. Uh, I, I'll let her tell us what is the most recent one, but this, the idea of being able to write erotica or kink, or uh, again, I'm going to let them describe that. And uh, Daphne, I know you're out there now just waiting for a chance to, to be able to do that, (laughs) but to be able to do that from a firsthand perspective and, and to do it from somebody who we know who's active in the kink community. And, um, you know, it gives it a, a, just such a different flavor than the, uh, the person that's never done it and is treating or it like a research project. The stuff that I'm reading now that is not about consent. And I ended up stopped reading the stories because I couldn't get past that. So, so Daphne, thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. So how is it? Do you recall how we've actually, how we met? I think I remember, but I'm going to see if you two remember. I remember. <laughs> I, it was my first big event at, uh, at Ohio Smart. And I think it was the first class Saturday morning you two led. Mm. Okay, that's not what I was thinking of. I thought it was later that night with the MB. Well, then there was more later, but we flirted <laughs> off on the day. <laughs> yeah, and what was that about, uh, what, two years ago? Uh, sure, that's, we'll call it that. Wow, what is it really? like? Uh, it would have been 2007. And it's 220 now. Yeah. So wow. 13 years yeah. ago. That's 2020 crazy. now. 220. 2020 <laughs> now. So, wow. We're, we're getting old, Dan. So what led you to <laughs> decide to put um, fingers to keyboard? And, and uh, do you have, is it, am I correct that you have five books at this point? I have, I put out the fifth one last fall. Uh, so I haven't been able to do much with it this year as far as vending opportunities. Usually I'd have it all over uh various craft shows and whatnot. Um, But it started with a fantasy that I needed to write down to just exercise from my head. And I thought, oh, well, you know, that's all there is to this. I just need to put it down and then that'll be the end of it. And then I think by the next day, I had figured out what the second chapter would be and it just sort of snowballed from there. I was shocked to find I actually finished the first book. 
Nice. So, and did did I hear you say earlier? Is that the one that you said you just rewrote? Yes. Um, it always struck me as very much a first novel, which is not a bad thing. But I like to think I've improved quite a bit since then. I certainly know my characters better. I know where they're headed. And so there were weaknesses that I had always sort of wanted to go back and correct or improve on. And sometime last fall, I, it, it finally sort of occurred to me how to make those changes and which, you know, how to make those improvements. Mm-hmm. That I, uh, and so I wasn't entirely sure what to do with that once I finished it um, and then started the website, uh, DaphneMatthewsWriter.com with a blog and have been putting it out uh, a chapter at a time uh, starting earlier this year. So you're actually putting it on the blog then. Cool. Yes. So, so what's the, go ahead. uh, Sort of a, hopefully a nice pick me up or distraction from everything going on in the world right now. Right. (laughs) Because we definitely need distractions over some stuff. That's for sure. So I I feel bad. I always feel like I'm ignoring sort of larger issues by putting out smut. And yet (laughs) I need to distract myself too. It can't all be awful. So that's how I distract myself. Lots of smut. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So what is, and I'm, I'm, I've got stuck, um, I'm now reading chapter 17 as I'm looking at your blog. And, um, you know, when, when a character, in this case, Seth says to someone, Neil, right? What is, so your consent line here is making consent sexy. Make consent, well, I didn't say it right, though. You're, it's actually consent made sexy. So how do you portray that in, in a book to make to both give the the feel of power, right, where somebody, mm-hmm. a, a dominant personality person can say kneel, but still make it perceived that it, this is a consensual situation, right? First of all, they've talked about it. Um, there, are conversa- there are entire conversations. One of the things I added actually in the rewrite was you see him say, tell her, you know, this is something I'd like to see you do and her fight him on it and then realize, you know, and it's told all by the first person perspective from, uh, from Lucy's side, she's the submissive here. And so you not only see her reaction, but you see her internal dialogue and her sort of fight with herself over how can I do this and still see myself as this strong independent woman and a feminist and still want to, serve this man and do, you know, sort of undo how many years of feminist theory and progress and is that compatible and how does that work? Does any you, of, your, you kind of watch her come to terms with all of that. Right. The, and, and where do you do for inspiration for cre- a character like Lucy or something like that where um, someone struggling with them. Is, is is any of that from your experience or? A lot of it is. She and I have a great deal in common. Um, we're both smart asses. Um, very uh, 
willful and I'm not much of a submissive, but there's a lot of my attitude and sarcasm. Uh, we have a lot of the same toys, um, <laughs> same tastes. Uh, yeah, I had a friend at the time when I put out the first book who was reading it and sort of telling me where they were as they went and said, at some point I got a text going, do you really have a baseball ball gag? I went, yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I could not have made that up. (laughs) Um, But it's between me and just, again, 14 years of experience in real life communities and knowing people and knowing, you know, and reading and getting to know other people's processes and, so I like I like how it's based on experience, even though it's fiction. Most, you know, it's it's oh, built yeah. as fiction. I'm assuming, and um, oh, yeah. and and but it's still based on experience, and to me, that just makes it much more complete, fuller. I yeah, guess. I think, mm-hmm. I think any fiction writer will tell you that uh, fiction is often in quotes. Uh, sure, we make up a lot, but there's also for me, the fun part is taking some of my favorite memories, my own favorite experiences, and then putting them, sort of reordering them, putting them in a context that works better or, you know, with different people, sometimes the same people, but, you know, being able to sort of rewrite all of that into something cohesive and hopefully interesting. I I love that idea. I'm I'm writing myself a note to start writing fiction again. <laughs> so because I mean that's how you do it, right? You take the fantasies, and oh, or, and that's exactly how it started. Or or take, it was a fantasy. Or take things that have really happened, and then add mm-hmm. the fantasy material to it as well. So you've got like a little foundation, right. and then you kind of blow it up from there. But yeah, I can't tell you how many fantasies have ended up just modified somehow to fit Seth and Lucy's lives. Nice. Because, hey, maybe I'm not doing this, but somebody should be, and I'm going (laughs) to write it down. (laughs) Okay, okay. So I have a question for you. I have a question for you, which isn't going to make sense to anybody else, and I'm sorry. But um, do any of those fantasies in your book involve MB? Oh, well, I mean, they might be the basis for two of the main characters right now. That's what I was going to (laughs) wonder. The name kind of, I don't know why, but the name kind of made me think that way. So, Is, you know? it, is it important mm-hmm. when you write these, and obviously for some of them, I'm going to assume that it's true, but is it important for, as you get into the third or the fourth book, right, where it's less, um, maybe it's less of your experience because you've gotten mm-hmm. a couple books into it at this point, is it important for the, what you're writing to, to turn you on? Or are you not really the target audience? Um, I basically assume if it's turning me on, then I'm probably not alone. (laughs) Um, That it will probably hope it will, you know, turn on other people as well. There are scenes that I will, I can still reread and go, oh, hi. Yes. That's, (laughs) it gets (laughs) a little happiness. Um, So, but yeah, it, it, there, the first book had a lot more characters who were based on people I knew at the time. And then everybody, regardless, sort of turns left at some point and becomes 
a character more than a real person. Mm-hmm. And so anymore, I tend to use people more as jumping off points. Like, oh, I want this person to look like this. But, you know, maybe I don't know that person well enough to really put their personality into it. So I was like, oh, and, you know, so I create the personality or I have enough to go on to, like I said, as a jumping off point to then figure out who they really are. Awesome. So, yeah, it sounds like a great jumping off point. So, um, well, then one more question, if you don't mind. Has it ever worked Mm -hmm. in the opposite in that you're writing some chapter, some part of a book and you say, crap, I got to go make this actually happen because you have the actual the opportunity to to do some of these things. Have you ever created Mm -hmm. something in your book and said, damn, I'm going to go try that and then and then gone and done it? Um, less actually doing and more, uh, have talked about fulfilling some of it. Um, there have been a couple of interests that definitely developed as a result of, oh, this is, was not a thing I was interested in. And now it's, I've written about enough that maybe I should try that thing. And yeah, there, there are a couple of activities that have come as a surprise or sort of entered as entered the fantasies is sort of something of a surprise and now definitely working on making that happen nice so it just kind of flowed and then something deep down sparked an interest (laughs) so 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 i actually have a question for you to put you on the spot uh oh great so 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 has dan and dawn ever ended up in one of your books (laughs) Kind of did. Oh, shit. (laughs) There's a moment in the first book where they go to a conference and they go to a class and they end up uh, adopting porch time. Oh, you used our words. I did. That's cool. cool. I actually, I I did read that chapter on the blog and then they immediately got killed by a zombie. I was unhappy with that. That didn't seem No, that didn't happen. I made that up. So, so what kind of next projects do you have, Daphne? Um, I have a sixth book with a beta reader right now. Um, I have a seventh one started. It needs a lot of work, and characters have just started talking to me about something after that, so I have no idea where that's going yet. Um, right now, it's mostly trying to get the keep up with the blog and keep putting out, re putting out the first book, I guess. Nice. It's kind of neat that the characters are talking to you though. That's Absolutely. just awesome. Yeah. Very <laughs> it's cool. a little freaky. It's a little but, freaky. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you have given them life. I, you know, the day I looked up and more or less saw Seth sitting across from me in the living room and went and told me, Oh, Hey, I like that part. I went, Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's getting a little real well uh, you know <laughs> well definitely hang out with us for a little bit and have uh, seth join us as well if you like um we have a few other things to talk about so hang out with us for just a minute thank you very much for telling us about the books uh again that website is daphne matthew matthews writer.com <laughs> yep. me podcaster speak good uh before we go on don 
I want to tell you about one of the things that we learned from publishing a book is there's nothing that'll fuck your book up worse than having, no matter what your intention are, no matter how skillful you write it, not having a good editor will cost you big time. I can still recall the, uh, the first bad reviews we got for Living MS were about punctuation. Mm-hmm. And uh, for us, it was, but you didn't read the heart and soul of our book, but, but I, have, I am as guilty as that as the next person. If I'm reading something, if it's poor, the grammar's poor or bad spelling or sentence structure screwy, um, it hurts. It right. hurt. I'm reading something right now that I've caught a few mistakes, and I'm like, ooh, do I tell them about it? Because part of me, yeah. <laughs> well, we like to, here on the podcast, we like to support good people doing good stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to tell you, if you're out there and you're listening to this and said, damn, I'm going to get writing, uh, make sure you find a good editor. For example, Rhonda from RhondaEdits.com uh, will be more than happy to take a look at your book, whether it's kink or anything else, and will um, take all kinds of greatness towards it. For example, somebody said, My novel was greatly improved by Rhonda's keen and honest eye, yet she retained the book's voice and character. She also strengthened characters' relationships and clarified some sticky plot points. That was a real recording of a satisfied customer. They voicemailed in, huh? Yeah, they did. <laughs> so go check out uh, RhondaEdits.com if uh, you need a kink-friendly editor. Awesome. So we've got a little tentacles and food on boobs. No, we don't have any food on boobs. I'm sorry, Dan. So, But Ohio Hedgehog wrote in. And um, actually sent me a couple of different links. So uh, usually when he writes in, he, he's got a few links. And one of them, though, was a it, it's a leather Cthulhu pouch. And it's like a dark green leather. It, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I, I may have to buy it. So, you know, everybody's sending in these links. I end up with so much tentacle stuff in my house because <laughs> end up buying this stuff. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> I live there too. Right. And then Lise, I think it was on Instagram that she sent this, um, just sent me a picture. It, it was actually kind of creepy and cool at the same time. But it was a real octopus on the beach sliding across the sand parallel to the water. It wasn't even heading for the water. It was just along the side. That was really cool. And you know what else is kind of cool is recently we've been doing these uh, Patreon conversations mm-hmm. once a month or so. And... It's neat that now we've done three or four of them. It's some new people every time, and sometimes it is the same people every time. Mm-hmm. And actually, there was one couple that didn't join us this time, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I hope they're okay. They always join us. I, right. I thought the same thing. But so it's, really neat to see, it's really neat to see um, that becoming its own little community. And as we, uh, we talked a lot on the, on the call about maintaining community in the time of covid um, and it's neat that at, we are accidentally doing that along the way. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Uh, so, Don, we do indeed have some fetish junk. Um, Ooh. This list is junk. this the list is going. This, no, this list is going pretty well. We actually. have tons of things here. And uh, Daphne, you're still out there, so you are. Uh, my understanding is you agreed that you would, could handle one of these questions. So I'm going to start with you. <laughs> um, oh man, you got a good one to start. With. You got an interesting one to start with. So the question is. Is this something you're into that you really dig, that you don't dig so much, can live with it, can pass on it, or look forward to it? Uh, we're on letter H's today. Uh, yours is hand jobs giving. <laughs> <laughs> Not 
a huge fan. Like, okay. No. It gets a little monotonous really quickly. I mean, if it's just hands, like. <laughs> right. You know, it's just hands. Like, let me let me kind recommend. of boring. <laughs> let me recommend this to you. If it does, if it is starting to feel monog- monog- uh, monotonous <laughs> to you, just just go faster and faster and faster, and eventually the the receiver will say, "Okay, let's move on to something else now." That's fine. I don't need the rug burn down there. Uh, Don, your question Uh-oh. is. Yes. Uh, I'm going to do your question last. I'm going to do. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm going to do your question now. Okay. The question is harems. Specifically, serving with other subs. Oh. Hmm. Don't know that I would, like, be into harems in, like, how you usually think of harems, but I have served with other submissives, and I don't think it's a kink of mine because I usually end up being alpha. Yes. Though I'm okay with being alpha. I'm okay with being in charge, believe it or not. I don't mind being in charge except when I'm with you. So that's kind of an odd little thing. But um, I lead other submissives very well when I serve with them. You know, I keep them in line. I do the charts. I do the list. You know, if we're doing a dinner, I know exactly what time this should go in the oven and what time this should be done. And that way I can have the clipboard out and the other submissives just need to look at the clipboard to see what needs to be done next sort of thing. So I'm good at organizing and and stuff like that. But um, I also... As a fetish and a kink. As a fetish and a kink? I don't think so as a fetish and a kink. Um, as a person, it's what I do. So, but I have loved serving with Arcane, Sabraj, Spanky Ray, Bat. You know, I've, I've served with a, a lot of different people um, and enjoyed it. Right. But, but you don't. But it doesn't do anything for your naughty bits. I'm an introvert. Yeah. So anything that involves too many people it is more of a challenge than than a kink. And uh, the one for me is receiving hand jobs. Ooh, do you like receiving hand jobs? Just hand jobs. No tongue. No lips. Hand. You know what? The reality is I should just be a guy and say, oh, of course, that's greatest thing ever. That's number three on the greatest thing ever list. <laughs> um, I would say the reality is it is okay in sh- it, as a starter. Um, the reality is I'm better at it than you are. <laughs> and if that's what I want to get done, then I'll do it my damn self. Um, you know but it just popped into my head where I think it would be hot. And I'm not condoning this, but a hand job <laughs> in a movie theater, reaching down someone's sweatpants or something and, and giving them a hand job in a theater, that's hot. Because you can't do anything else. Right. And it's naughty. Not condoning it. It's a fantasy in my head. I've never done this. What? <laughs> Are you sure you and Big D haven't run this? This uh... Oh, I can name a couple of people. <laughs> You're not condoning this fantasy that's, not, that's actually never happened to you more than once, apparently. More than once. I see. I see. Uh, all 
right. And I will not be um, asking uh, Daphne for a uh, hand job because I just gave them terrible advice on how to give one to go faster and faster. We hit that advice. So <laughs> to keep that in mind years from now when I forget this conversation happened. Um, Dan said. Yeah. It's the Dan method. I don't know. Well, why is it smoking? The Dan method. Okay. Uh, other than that, Don, not a ton else. Uh, you did post something to the Instagram I did. So, and sometimes it's while I'm out riding or we're out on the bikes or we're just doing something interesting. And sometimes it's a couple of minutes before the show and I need something <laughs> to put on the notes. So I actually did two pictures just a little bit ago. So um, one of the things that I'm doing a lot of recently, especially since Bat passed, um, when we were doing the memorial call, a lot of people talked about how much joy Bat always had. So my goal for the last two months has been cultivating joy. So one of the things I did was I finally went out and bought my recumbent trike. Been wanting that for years, and I've been hitting bike paths. So one of the pictures I put on there is of me while I'm biking, and so it's a recumbent bike picture. And then the second one is because we have a sale going on on our books and our Kickstarter cards, and Bat's book, The Collar. So I posted a picture of Living MS with how to get the book. Oh, that's cool. So one's self-promoting, one's just fun. <laughs> Got to have a little bit of both. Why not? Yeah. One day I might do boobs. Oh, I never said. Find us on Instagram. <laughs> See the picture <laughs> of the day. That's <laughs> erotic awakening. I don't know if you're allowed to say that. We started the music now. We also didn't say um, we have new subscribers to the, the newsletter, Apex from Ohio. Um, uh, you could get your EA shout out. Head over to eroticawakening.com and you'll find the link to the Erotic Awakening newsletter for when I have time to get it out again. We also did not say take a moment to support the podcast. <laughs> Rate us on Apple Play, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Oh, you know. Wherever you listen. Just you go listen tell to. your friends. So, and if you like what we're doing, head over to patreon.com slash eroticawakening to take a look at options like discounted stuff, extra content, and more. Our next Patreon Zoom meeting is August 30th at 4 p.m. Eastern. The info will go out to our Patreon supporters. Bye, Dan. I loved hanging around the theaters, especially when the shows let loose. It was like going to a movie where you actually had a chance to meet the stars afterwards. I found it surreal. Nice. That's uh, me reading uh, Daphne's, Daphne's book. book. <laughs> Bye, Daphne. Bye, Daphne. Bye, Daphne.